4: v the Sports Batting Network, an extended weekend, Memorial Day weekend. As we say hi and good morning to you, I'm Patrick Maher. Live from the Vsin studios here at the South Point, Michael Lombardi, of course. Michael, I've got updated odds on Julio after the break. We're going to get to that coming yep. up in just a little bit for all our friends up at Nessen We want to welcome in, of course, Marquee Sports Network in Chicago as well. Memorial Day, quickly, we just got to give a shout yeah. to the people that matter and the people that protect right. us. It really is. And that, some of the biggest sports fans you're ever going to find, those in the Military, the men and women that are protecting us, when they get a break and they get to watch sports, that is their escape.
5: Yeah, no doubt. And we have to, you know, a debt of gratitude to those who served before and protect our freedom. And, uh, you know, it's more than just I wrote about this in the Daily Coach on Thursday. It's just more than about uh, uh, honoring, you know, the day and having hot dogs and watching Little League Baseball and smelling, you know, and having a parade. It's really about taking some of the great characteristics that they've showed us. I listened to a speech once by Mark Welch. who used to be the chairman. He used to be the head of the Air Force Academy. And, and he always did it. He he told the group that he was lecturing to, they were graduating from the Air Force Academy, they were going on to their military careers. He said, look, there's a wall here. You know, you need to go up to the wall, find a name and then research the name. And then know who you are, know who walked before you and understand who walked before you. And I think that's a powerful message to tell every one of us as we we hear Memorial Day, but what are we really memorializing? And I think some of the people that you can kind of become closer to. Douglas Zimbrick, Millie and I, when we went to Arlington Cemetery, instead of just going to see Bobby Kennedy and the Flame and JFK, we found his plot just to, you know, because he was the Lion of Fallujah, and I've read a lot about him, so I think it's really important that we honor those who, who came before us in a way to where we can thank them.
4: You know, at the sake of sounding cheesy, the men and women that do serve and protect past and present, Michael, are just a different breed. And for some reason, for me, as I've gotten older, the respect and just the understanding, I can never understand what they've gone through and what they continue to go through. But the respect is just off the charts. You get older, you just realize the commitment and the dedication and the sacrifice is just on another level.
5: Yeah, you know, Coach Walsh used to never like to say war room for the draft room. He never liked to use terms that were really reserved for the men and women who were doing things for their life. You know, he wanted to hold them in higher esteem. And, you know, it's a draft room. We're not completing – we're not trying – to win at war in there. We're trying to have a draft room. We're trying to organize. And, you know, he never wanted to refer to the players. in you know, there's terminology used in scouting, which can be degrading to players. He never wanted that because he wanted to honor those who came before. and He wanted to honor the player. I think that's what Memorial Day is all about. You
4: remember the famous, I think it was Winslow with the I'm a soldier. No, son, you are not a soldier. You're a football player. There's a distinct difference. That's (laughs) right. There is a distinct difference. Okay. Uh, In just a couple of minutes, we'll get to those updated Julio Jones numbers. Quickly wanted to fill you in on this, Michael. I'm sure you've seen it. The Vikings actually called the Panthers. Did you see this? So the Vikings offered their first, which was 14, a third and a fourth this year to move up six spots with the Panthers at number eight, because the Vikings wanted to draft Justin Fields.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, everybody knew. We said this all along. Everybody knew Carolina was in play to trade, you know, yep. and, and maybe they didn't want to go back to 15 or to, what was it, 13? They get back to, no, 14. It was, would have been 14 because they were right, the, right. right in front of the Patriots at 15. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, at some point, you have to get away from the albatross that's called Kirk Cousins. You have to do it. You know, you have to get away from it. And what's interesting is if they wanted him at eight, were they also on the phone at with the Giants? My understanding is the Giants only had one team competing for that pick when they traded down. So why weren't if the Vikings wanted them at eight, why didn't they want them at 12? That's where I always have these rumors, like we look at rumors in in singular versions. You know, the Patriots were going to trade up to four, you know, but they didn't trade to four, but then nobody says why didn't the, if they wanted four, why didn't they want eight? Why didn't they want twelve? right, right? You know, it makes no sense. Like, there's got to be carryover to the rumor. And if the and I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just trying to analyze what the information we have. If the Vikings wanted eight, why didn't they want 12? Right? Did they get turned down at 12? Because I would have thought, I would have thought the Giants would have preferred to go to 14 than to go to where they went with that where they went with the Bears. So let's put that in Like it doesn't mix, it doesn't hold the litmus test for me here in that rumor.
4: Okay, I've got a team in the NFC East I want to fire on as far as a season win total. I'm going to see if Michael yeah. Lombardi agrees coming up in just a bit as we welcome you in. It is the Lombardi line on a Saturday, Memorial Day weekend. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher, and this is v the Sports Betting Network. Hey, I got Julio steam for you. Are you ready for some oh, Julio steam? So you that and I sat here on Thursday, and Julio was the yeah. betting favorite to end up with the Patriots, but it's four to one. As we sit here today, Nesson, get excited. Julio, two-to-one favorite to end up. There you see the number. Two-to-one favorite to end up with the Patriots. Michael Lombardi, your thoughts?
5: Well, I mean, look, it, it really comes down to, you know, do the Patriots want Julio the player at age 32? You know, that that answer isn't just singular. Do they want Julio at age 32 and do they want the contract 15 million 15.3 million guaranteed this year 11.5 not guaranteed next year 2 million is so and then 11.5 with no guarantees after that so for me, I think when you have to look at this, is the question that Coach Belichick has to answer himself, and really he's the only one who could answer is, where's my cap next year? We know the cap's going to go up to 202. How does he fit in next year? How could I rework his contract? And how do I protect myself so that if I do give Julio Jones, you know, this $20, $37 million over three years, what guaranteed? what's my risk that he doesn't get hurt? What's my risk? he still plays at a really high level at age 32, but he has durability issues. so where do, where can I minimize my risk the most? where can I take that down and how does that how does that level off? look, if someone was offering a first round pick for Julio, this deal would have been done okay? If they were offered a first-round pick, this deal would have been done. Atlanta needs to make the trade. I mean, for all the rumor, you know, Shannon Sharp on the look. The reality is, Atlanta is trading Julio Jones. They have to if they want to sign their draft choices. They need the cap room. They'll probably wait till Tuesday to do it. Tuesday or Wednesday to do it. They'll announce it. But to me, is that you've got to rework the contract. And how much risk do you want to take? I talked to one team that was one of the betting favorites in this, and you know, last week, and they're like. Atlanta should be offering teams to take him because of the contract right? to get him off their books. They should offer, you know, why would I pay a first-round pick to take on their problem? And I think that's where we as fans lose a little bit of a disconnect. We see it as, I want Julio on my team. But they, you, don't under, you don't look at the entire landscape of Julio. Injuries, how can he stay healthy? Look, if they put him on the Patriots, let's just say, let's use the Al Davis, just put him on my team. Okay, we put him on the Patriots. He starts at X. He gives them a legitimate outside guy. It would help It would help Aguilar. It would help Bourne, and it would really help Hayden. It would really help all their inside Hunter Henry and Smith, and it would help the quarterback tremendously. There's no denying that. Now, at what cost? A two and a four? That's probably easy to do. Could somebody up you on the two? You have to take a look at that. I think those are the kind of things you have to look at. In
4: generally, for a better, you'll see the team – that already has the services, the incumbent as the favorite. You see the Falcons, Michael, they're your third betting favorite here. So he's getting moved. Practicality matters. When can he move? He can move what, June 2nd? Is that when this connection June get 1st, done? yeah,
5: I think so. I mean, yeah, that's when it's all going to get done because at that point they can make the trade. I think no team wants to be able to get outbid. Like if I said to you, Patrick, we'll trade, you know, I'll trade you a two and a four for Julio and let's do it June the 2nd. Then, you know, are we sure we have a deal? Right. Do we have a deal? You know, like then you call somebody else. Well, you know, the Patriots are probably going to be picking lower than 15 next year. That's really going to be like a three. I'll give you my two. You know, to me, you've got to be able to make the transaction so that you can quickly make the transaction. Then you got to talk to Julio. He's got 50. You can't move. The 15 million this year is guaranteed buttoned up. Right. So you're going to take that money and turn it into signing bonus. Right. So that'll lower his cap number to fit him in. And the next two years, you got to figure out what you're going to do with those two years. Can you get a little bit of a game-to-game roster? I don't think there's no doubt he could play two more years. I think there's no doubt at what level can he play those two more years. There are
4: two teams that have dropped, and that is the—I'm taking a look at the Colts, and I'm taking a look at the Chargers. Both were right around plus 475, Michael. You now see them
5: 8-1, so they seem to be falling as far as Well, procuring. I never understood the Chargers. Why were the chart? Look, here's, you know, the one thing the Chargers have... Ca- it's not about having cap room. It's about having cap allocation. Like, why would the Chargers be in this one? Like, it makes no sense to me, the Chargers, to be in this one. Because when you look at the Chargers as a football team, and you say, Keenan Allen, second highest paid player on their team. Mike Williams, the third highest paid player on their team. How do you take on Julio? Now make him the fourth highest paid player. You have three receivers ranked one, two, and three. That's not smart business. You know, that's not smart business. Do you trade Mike Williams for him because his contract's going to expire? You can't really. Why would you trade a young up-and-coming player for an older player? It makes no sense to me that they would be involved in it. And maybe they will do it, but it doesn't make it smart. You know, it doesn't make And cap allocation matters. Where do you want to put your money and where do you want to work around it? That's what's the benefit for the Chargers, and maybe frankly, well, frankly, for the Patriots as well, because Cam Newton's contract isn't very expensive. When you have an economic value at quarterback, it allows you to do these things. When you're paying $40 million for Deshaun Watson or $41 million for the Dak Prescott, you are tied in there.
4: Okay, far be it from me to dictate, but if you grab your phone right now and you go to the B's in a text message, pass Bill Berman and stop on Belichick, and then write him this. Bro, what's up with Julio? Patrick's asking, and then we'll get an answer. And <laughs> can't you just send a text, bro? Well, I mean,
5: you know, why would I want to? I don't want to it <laughs> it. I'm just playing with you. I'm just
4: messing with you. I'm, a, I'm messing I a, with you. I,
5: I think I think these things are are our job to analyze them. That's what we get paid to do. Should they, the to Should they be the favorite? Should they be the favorite? Well, because he'll make a move. I think he'll make, I think the 49ers should be is, is up there too. I okay, think
4: that's a good I think one. They would be, one then. I
5: think they should be up there. I think Jacksonville, but I don't I don't trust Jacksonville. I don't think, I don't think Urban Meyer understands the NFL. I think he still thinks he's on the campus of Columbus. <laughs> not why, because, why, why do you say not, that? Not, not because he signed Tebow, but because of all the things I hear about what goes on down there and all the things that are happening there, that I'm not sure that he really understands the pro game completely. Look, it's a harder game than college. It's a much harder game than college. And, and, I'm, and I would hire a college coach if I was a general manager of a team. But I would also have someone helping the hell out of him to understand what the hell's going on, understand reps, understand I mean, Jimmy Johnson learned it quickly. He spent a lot of time with Al Davis to learn it. But he learned it quickly, and it takes some time to do that. And I think that that's where I'm not sure Urban really understands, how to build a team, how to craft a team, because you can't just practice everybody. You don't have 150 players out there. It's got to be strategic in what you're doing.
4: Ah, Don't worry about it. Tim Tebow is going to be Taysom Hill. He'll take care of it.
5: I mean, that's one of the most ridiculous rumors I've ever heard. I mean, how does that even get clicks? Seriously. You know, somebody says he's going to be the next Taysom Hill. He can't throw the ball. Has anybody watched Taysom Hill throw the ball? Like, seriously, how dumb do people think we are in America? Taysom Hill can legitimately throw the football, right? But Tim Tebow can't. Taysom Hill can go back and play, throw the ball on all three levels. He's won a game playing quarterback throwing the ball. When Tebow comes in the game in a Taysom Hill role, what do you think they're all going to do? They're going to scream, run, 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 quarterback, run. They're gonna, everybody in the defense is going to just tighten down and know it. I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous. It's insulting to our intelligence that they would actually think this is, a, oh, he's going to have a Taysom Hill roll. No, he's not. You put him in the game, number 85, you line him up in the shotgun, everybody's going to say he's getting the ball. And if you know Tebow, he's going to carry the ball. He wants to show it. It's, it's He's not Taysom Hill. Where you're worried about Taysom Hill is is when he throws the ball, when he throws it deep down the field and he hits a receiver and he hits Michael Thomas. That's when you're worried. You're not worried. Let Tebow throw the ball. Let him have it. Let him have it. Let's play an eight-man front. Let him have it. See what he does. How's that working out for you?
4: Let's throw up the Tebow props. I'm guessing you do like the under
5: in both. I like <laughs> all the unders. I like all, give me anything on Give me on Tebow all the unders. To, give it to me. You know, and, and give it to me. Okay. Give it all give it all to me. Speaking of which, you can just forward me Belichick's number. I'll text him if you want. Okay. Uh sure. I'd love to do that. Yeah, no worries. Thought we were boys.
4: Uh yeah. okay. <laughs> all right. I have got a I've got a win total I want to talk to you about. It's the NFC East, and it's a team that won six games. I am bullish on the over seven with the Giants. Let's hear from the Giants quarterback Daniel Jones.
5: You know, I think it's it's uh you know it's on all of us. It's on all eleven guys to Um, you know do their job every player to step out and you know that's how we're gonna make big plays is is everyone doing their job and it's not on any one person more than the other it's it's about everyone executing uh, together uh, as a unit and and, you know that's how we're gonna uh, create explosive plays um, you know, and be a productive offense.
4: Yeah, explosive plays. And Let me make my case, and you come back at me. Seven is the project. Seven is the win total posted at most books. You see, it's juiced up minus one forty to the over at BetMGM. According to projections, the Giants are going to have the easiest schedule. Michael, like, I get it. That's weird. Sometimes to break down the strength of schedule. Galladay, Rudolph, Kadarius Tony, Saquon Barkley's back i like this team they added so what dory jackson leonard williams they kept dexter lawrence another year why not over seven
5: well i think the, the, the why not over seven is you're looking at the guy daniel jones i mean you know you're looking at a guy's average 6.6 yards per pass attempt i mean whether it was the the pat Shermer offense or or you know two years ago in 19 he averaged six six yards per attempt 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Under Jason Garrett's administration, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You know, same, lower quarterback rating, same exact thing. To me, this really comes down to when you watch Daniel Jones play. When the game goes faster, when you watch him have to execute on third down, how does he react on third down? When you watch him have to make plays and see what he does and where his, where his what he plays from behind or what he plays from ahead. Literally, when the game, as the game goes along, you know, the first quarter he's at 7.34 yards per attempt. By the fourth quarter when he's playing he's at 5.66. Six. What does that tell you? It tells you that once they he got to get used to the game, he can't really adjust to it. I think it's a huge leap of faith. Uh, do I like him better than 7? Yeah, I do. I like him better than 7. So I think there's no doubt. There you go. Uh, but I don't think they're going to go Do I think they could be an 8 and 9 team? Yeah, I think that's right. Do I think they're a playoff team? No, I don't. I don't, I, and I think that they, they've had prone to injuries. I'm not sure they're as good as they've been on defense. We shall see. But to me, I, I think they've put a lot of faith in this quarterback, and I'm not sure he deserves to have the faith in him because I haven't seen it yet. I have yet to see it, and I don't know if they're – they. when I watch the tape, Patrick, I thought they've gotten worse on offense with Garrett than they've gotten better. Well, they scored 22
4: 22 a game. That's not, I mean,
5: you're right. I mean, it wasn't, you know, not, I mean, they, they had Daniel Jones last year. Just take a guess on this number. Let's play this. Daniel Jones had how many passes over 25 yards completed. I would say
4: Daniel Jones over, what'd you say? 20 yards. Let's go. 25
5: Let's 25. Let's go. Let's go. Eight. 14 games, he had 16. 16, that's all. 16. He fumbled eight times in sixteen in 14 games. He fumbled. He fumbled 14, and, and, that, and times. And that was a
4: major issue his rookie year as well.
5: Of course. And they were working on it. Correct it. They were working on it to correct it. But they can't correct it. You know, the game goes too fast for him. It's a problem. Now, wow. can they get and, – and where are they in the offensive line? I mean, are you sure they're good in the offensive line? I'm not. Now, Nate Soldier's coming back. Thomas played horribly last year. Yeah, he was bad. You know, at, at left tackle. He was bad. You know, they, they, they fired the line coach midway. My man Gooch comes in there to coach the line. He kind of gets them going, and then they bring somebody else in because not everybody gets along, you know, and so they got to make changes. It's going to be really interesting.
4: So five to one in division eighty. To, uh, listen, I don't even care about this team. I am just a better, and I want to get to eight wins. And the total set at seven. No, I do have to pay the 140 juice, one forty juice, a dollar forty to win a dollar if I go over. Plus one fifteen coming back the other way on the under. The the off season, I don't want. I am not going to have you give them a grade, but offensively, they've certainly added some
5: components here. There's no doubt they're, they're, they have some skilled players. Whether they can keep Galladay and they can keep it all on the same page, I mean that remains to be seen. You know, can he play to the level? We know he when he's healthy, healthy he's too. A really. But he th- yeah, he has I think that's issues, the key Michael. question. Right, but but where am I concerned? I'm concerned with the offensive line. Is Nick Gates good enough to play center? Is Lamu good enough, the kid they drafted in the fifth round, is he good enough to play left guard? Or are they going to go with someone else? I mean, they signed Zach Fulton as a, as, a, as a cap casualty. He was not very good for the Texans last year. I don't know what they saw to make him want to sign that contract. And then who's going to be the right tackle? Is it going to be Solder coming over to right or Thomas coming over to right? I think that's the key. And then can they cover anybody in the back end? You know, Adoree Jackson, I loved him coming out of college. I, I really did. But he doesn't make any plays on the ball. He's been very disappointing. I mean, here's the reality. Je- the Tennessee Titans need a corner. And they cut him. They didn't trade him. They were willing to trade him. The Giants would have been a better team had they traded for him. They wouldn't have cost them so much money. But they signed him, which made no sense at all. Made no sense at all. They could have traded a seventh if in 2023 for him. And the Titans would have taken it. But they, tr- they signed them and gave them the money. So for me, I think it's going to be a question mark whether they're going to come back or not. I mean, you know, the- we'll see if they're good enough on defense. Are they going to be able to re- uh, rush the passer? They were great defensive. We'll they were a very good defensive team last year. They play well. The- and I think people have had a chance to study them. But, you know, one thing Fair. about when, you ha- when you're not very good on offense, here's what I think happens to When you're not very good on offense, teams go into the- teams that go into the game, they say, look, if we don't screw it up, we're going to win. They're not going to score a lot of points. So let's be a little bit more careful with the football. Let's make sure we're playing a little bit conservative because the only way they beat us if we turn this damn thing over, like, what they, like Washington did in the first game in the Meadowlands, right? That's when we make the mistake. So there's, a, there's, an inherent, there's an inherent conservative play call against a team that's not very good on offense. The fans don't see it. Everybody, the coaches don't admit it. But there's that inherent in the game. And, and that's what I think will happen. Now, if you're going against a team that you know you got to score against, you gotta take a little bit more risk. We're gonna have to do a little bit more things. We're gonna have to throw the ball, we're gonna do, we'll see if they're good enough to handle that.
4: Okay, you're my partner, so I'm apologizing up front for this question. This is not nice of me on a Saturday. Five years, who do you want, Daniel Jones or Tua?
5: I would take Daniel Jones.
4: I'm going over the seven. Man, do you dis, um, listen, we don't say anything bad about Tua, but my goodness. Well you just completely clubbed Jones and you went Jones. And that was mean of me
5: to be that, jo- t- yeah, I- that was mean. I think Jones can make throws from the pocket. I just worry two is not an elite in any category.
4: You take Aaron Rodgers the worst thing. will the will the Packers? We shall find out coming back with an update. Here we go. Jeff Siegel. Here's his top racing place today. Express bet. Churchill Downs. Race five. Jeff likes the eight horse. Royal Prince. Three to one on the morning line. Race nine at Churchill Downs. Wow. Look at this one. He likes the one horse ready to pounce at a whopping 15 to one. My goodness, you can bet these races and more by signing up for the first bet app. If you sign up now, you're going to get $20 in free bets instantly. So instantly, once you get there, just use the promo code Vegas 20, go to com slash horses for more information and make sure you use that promo code Vegas 20. Once you do, you're good to go. That's com slash horses. As we welcome you back, we've got Thomas Gable. Coming up, of course, we're going to run the board with Josh Applebaum and Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line. So what would a show be? What would life be without an Aaron Rodgers update? Here's what I will say. Uh-oh. What do we got now? I, just if you listen to his teammates, it feels like a foregone conclusion that he's coming back. They're also bullish on the fact that he's coming back and even ex-teammates. Um, There isn't an update except, hold on, give us 10 seconds. I'm sure he'll do another show from vacation in Hawaii or post something on Insta, which I know you follow him there, uh, or TikTok.
5: No, I don't. Yes, you. No, do. I don't. I don't even know. T- the only the only thing I know about TikTok is Bill's daughter Anna is constantly doing this TikTok. I don't understand what the, the dance. Hell doing, can you
4: learn the TikTok
5: dance and do it tomorrow on no. the show?
4: Okay. I no, just I'll bring him.
5: my catcher's mitt tomorrow, but I'm not. You're going not going to bring the, the catcher's dance.
4: mitt. You promised that for ten shows.
5: I know. I got to get in. I was in the cl- I was in the garage the other day. You know, I got when I get when I got to do that. I'll get that. I got Dominic at the house. I got Dominic and Mikey. King I mean, I'm Dominic's all there. All over. Well, no, you he's didn't tell me that. He's in the house. Yeah, he's in the house. Yeah. You can. He's going to. think it's easy? He's going to to make an appearance. He's going to have to make you an appearance. Make right, an I'm appearance. shocked he's not here. I'm shocked he's not here yet, you know. So, Rodgers, have you heard anything? I don't look. Here's the reality of Rodgers. They're not trading him. They're not going to trade. There's nobody who's going to have that on their resume in Green Bay. Not Gutekist, not Murph, none of those. They it's it's going to be they have all the leverage, Patrick. Right. They have all Nobody seems to want to get this. Like they think the teams are operating in in, in a deficit. They're not There's language in these contracts that say, if you retire, you owe back the money. You owe back the money. And so if he wants to retire, he owes them $30 million that he writes the check back. Great. Great. Maybe the Packers say, you know what, Aaron? We don't want our money back because you've been so great to our franchise. We won't. But you're never playing football for another team again. (laughs) You know, that's it. I mean, so that's, they have all the, just like the Deshaun Watson, they have all the leverage into Deshaun Watson. As much as the the worldwide leader and the agent want to create that they have leverage, they don't. They don't. He's not going to play. Okay, don't play. Don't play. Start writing checks. Because if you're an executive in the league, the threat of don't play, right, you know, you can't let that affect you because the injuries sometimes guys don't play. You know, guys have injuries that missed the whole season. you got to move on. Guys have injuries that cost them their career. you got to move on. You don't want to play? Fine. You won't play. But once we give in, whether you're just being stupid, you're giving up, you won't get an asset. Oh, I can't get a return on my investment for as good as he is. I'll just wait it out. Trust me. You wait out. You wait it out. If you're the Texans and you wait it out. Now, here's what really throws a loop into the Texans program. He shows up. Now what do you do? Yeah, what? Wow. Now what do you do? Now I just called your bluff. What do you do? I don't feel good. I got a bad back. I don't really want to play. You know, I'm not doing good. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody on the team. I'm going to become Now I got to deal with you. When you're out there in Los Angeles or you're in, in Miami Beach or you're somewhere else and you're and you're sending threatening messages, you don't affect the team. You don't affect us at all. Do you think you know Goodell, if you had Kyrie when Kyrie when he just, when he goes away, when he goes on, you know, that doesn't bother, you know. It's when he's in the building causing you problems is when it becomes a problem.
4: I know this is speculative. Do you think Goodell lets Watson play this year?
5: I don't know. I think, I don't think, I think he does. He, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. It's too much. You know, because I think we don't know enough about it, but I do think this, if he'll know more than we do and if there was an intent to settle or an admission of guilt of any part on Watson, he has to do something besides whatever happens through the court of of appeal, the court of law.
4: So Rogers would have to scratch a $30 million check?
5: And not, you know, whatever he's, whatever the proration of the signing bonus that he received when he initially did his new contract, whatever's remaining—remember, every game counts towards that signing bonus. Whatever's remaining, that's what he owes the team back. That's
4: like you monthly when you write that mortgage check, right? Yeah, right.
5: Exactly. And and that's a heavy check. You <laughs>
4: it's pay a it. heavy check. Yes, it's different than just not getting paid than having to pay somebody back. Just the whole philosophy is completely different.
5: I think Why right. don't we understand this? Why is it so hard for the people to understand it? You know, the player you totally. has all the leverage. Yeah, I didn't he has all the leverage. That. He has all the leverage. No, he doesn't. He has no leverage.
4: Thomas Gabe. He wants got, to write checks. Thomas Gabe's got, got leverage because he keeps on yeah. taking money from betters at the Borgata. He's next Lombardi line. I keep on mentioning the betting splits, which to me again, in my two years here, it's the biggest addition over at visa.com to help you become a more sophisticated, better latest betting splits on every game. Find out which way uh, games are being bet where the tickets are being written, everything you need to know, odds, data analysis for every game. Start your next sports bet at com. Again, it's vcin.com as we welcome you back here on a Saturday Memorial Day weekend edition of the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. Thomas Gable runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. And we say good morning, Thomas. How you doing, buddy?
7: Good morning, and happy uh, Memorial Day weekend to you both, Michael. Welcome back from vacation, uh, Patrick Thank and Josh. You, did a, uh, they did a phenomenal job last weekend sitting in for you. We missed. Thank you, TG, missed the big guy. And
5: congratulations to you too, Mr. Governor Murphy. Uh, not not Murphy from the Packers, but the other <laughs> Murphy from New Jersey. Gave you a Memorial Day gift. Uh, When's Sebastian coming? That's the only question that I get asked in my house constantly: is When's Sebastian coming?
7: I, th- I think July. I think he has uh, like ten or twelve shows here in July. So.
5: Uh, yes. Get, re- Wait, get ready. Get ready to get hit up. Who's Sebastian? Manascapa. the comedian. Oh, he's Sebastian hilarious. Manascapa. Yeah, he and, and Thomas is being the generous man that he is. They gave him basically, a, Thomas and I had this conversation, that he started a lot of his career there at the Borgata, and, and they booked him early, and he has a, gra- a debt of gratitude. Like a good Italian, he has respect to
7: wait, the you said, Wait,
4: you said that, Thomas, congratulations. Why, did they open up the restrictions there, Thomas?
7: We did yesterday was the first day, uh, no social distancing anymore, uh, no masks if you are fully vaccinated for customers. So it's uh, basically back to normal as of yesterday here.
4: And you don't don't tell Lombardi, he'll come on without a shirt on hitting the pool.
5: (laughs) <laughs> no, no pool for me. I mean, there ain't no pool today, Patrick. You got to be. You have to. This is Navy Seal weather. If you want to go
7: swimming today in the pool, <laughs> I can, can tell you that.
4: Keep living yeah. out there. Uh, the Bucks and Heat. Let's start off with these numbers. Where are you at there at the Borgata, Thomas?
7: Yeah, Bucks and Heat. Here uh, we opened this Bucks laying four and a half, uh, gotten up to five. Total two twenty one and a half. That's uh, dropped uh, a point from the opener. I know, Patrick. You being the Villanova fan, that you, Thank I'm you. sure, you're disappointed in uh, DiVincenzo's uh, torn ligament. There, he's done now for the playoffs. It's a big
4: so injury, guess, actually. Uh, played a ton of minutes that for is, them. That is, yeah.
7: yeah, yeah. Not to not to um, make fun of that, but yeah, It is a big injury. But the Bucks, they've been so dominant in this series in every way. They're, they're out shooting, out rebounding the Heat defensively. They played very well. They've contested. Outside shots. Um, you know, it's been very difficult for the Heat to get open looks, and the Heat really need to move the ball better here. Uh, but obviously, this could be it here for the Heat tonight, or actually this afternoon. This is the uh, the leadoff game here, 135. But we're taking mostly Bucks' money here. A um, few more tickets written on the Heat, but uh, certainly the money favors the Bucks here.
5: Yeah, Thomas, I mean, are you anticipating? I, I-, I can't imagine. You know the, that I keep saying to myself that he can't shoot any worse than they did the other night, right? But then they keep continuing to shoot badly, and I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the Bucks' defense or not. But I mean, where are you on the under? You get a lot of money on the under here at all?
7: Uh, a little bit. We've dropped at a point uh, from the opener, so a little bit more money here on the under. But. Um, not so much. I mean, I think, I don't think this total is going to m- drop much more than what it is. Uh, we've already dropped at a point. I don't anticipate it uh, dropping much more.
4: 76ers whiz. Where, where'd you open? What's your projection on the close?
7: So that's a good question here. Obviously with uh, Westbrook questionable uh, with the ankle injury there in game two, um, What we saw in game two, when Joel Embiid stays out of foul trouble, the Sixers can and should dominate Washington. End of story. Uh, When Embiid is on the floor, the Sixers' net ranking is plus 33 against the Wizards. They really have no answer for him down low. And right now the Sixers are laying six here. We opened them laying five and a half. I would not be surprised to see this line climb as we get closer to game time here. It's been mostly Sixers money. Uh, not a surprise for me. The, the total has dropped down a point from 229 down to 228 currently. But, Michael, you know, when, when Embiid is on the floor here for the Sixers, Washington just has no answers whatsoever.
5: No, and I think that's a great point. I think that one thing we see in seven-game series is there's a start and the bad teams can't adjust, and the Lakers being the exception because they're not really a seventh seed. But when these 7th, 8th, six seeds, they can't adjust. And because they can't adjust, there's no way to go. And, the, and they, have, they have no way, uh, the Wizards have no way of defending. I mean, Bertrand's had no points and fouled out the last game. I mean, you know, and so will they shoot as poorly? I, I think it'll be a really good game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Sixers are going to have to show mental toughness to win this.
4: Yeah, we haven't touched on Jazz Grizzlies, Thomas. Can you set us up on that number at the Borgata?
7: Yeah, so we actually, uh, as we were on the uh, phone here, um, we were sitting at five and a half. We just took a $55,000 bet on the Grizzlies and uh, moved that down to five. So um, game three here tonight, series tied 1-1. Grizzlies, for me, they've been kind of surprised at the playoffs thus far and how tough they've played. Utah, which is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, has really struggled to contain John Morant, They had a 20-point lead at half in game two and let the Grizzlies get back there within three. They have to do a better job here tonight against Morant. Uh, The other thing here, 224 is the total. Um, I kind of look at the over in this one. Uh, Certainly the the last game flew way over, but uh, 224 is still a lower total, I think, for these two.
5: Yeah, I do too. I think the way, the way that the both teams have shot, I mean, that went flying over. I I think I would definitely play the over here, Patrick.
4: How about that in game during the conversation, $55,000 bet. So you dropped it to five. We have about a minute here, Thomas. So the last one on the board here, a nuggets blazers looks similar to the last game. No, as far as the numbers here.
7: Yes. Very similar. Uh Um, Money has uh, come in on the Blazers. Moved to this from the three and a half opener. Blazers now laying four and a half. Uh, game four here. Denver leading two one. Of course, they hit twenty threes in game three for a one twenty one fifteen victory. Damian Lillard had that off night shooting five from sixteen from deep. Denver reclaimed home court advantage with the win, but uh, Blazers favored at home here. Not sure Denver will be able to match their shooting from game three, and this total of 227.5, it's kind of daring betters to take the over. As we know, Portland isn't the cream of the crop defensively, and the over is already 3-0 in this series.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I don't see how they're going to match the shooting of the first game, the Nuggets, and I don't think Portland's going to shoot as badly as they did in the last game.
4: The best property out east, it's not even close, is the Borgata, and now you can go there and just have fun and be normal. So go say hi to Thomas Gable, director of the race and Sportsbook book there. Thomas, good luck today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
7: All right. Thanks, guys.
4: Okay. Coming up next, a little tease for you. Mr. Baseball's back. Ernie Banks yep. is going to be in the mix next as far as his picks. We'll find yeah. out. Marquis, pay attention. I love it. <laughs> Josh Applebaum joining as well. We continue. It's the Lombardi line. BetMGM—it's the king of sports books, and you sign up today, you get hundred bucks. I guarantee it, because any NBA playoff team hits a three today of the four games. i are gonna give you a hundred bucks downloaded right into your account. Bet a dollar, win 100 Use the bonus code VSIN100. Visit BetMGM.com or simply download the BetMGM app. Again, if you have a gambling issue, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, Washington, D.C. 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text red line 800-889-9789. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, as we welcome you back on a Saturday, we're going to run the board. And why don't we start, Mr. Baseball, as we welcome in Josh Applebaum, Market Insights is the pod, com slash podcast. Why don't we start with a little baseball? Michael, you, the floor is yes. yours. You like the Cubs hosting Thank Cincinnati Thank you, Thank
5: you. Yes, yes. Up early this morning, working on my baseball 3 notes. Uh a.m. Uh, three three thirty. Dominic, let me Sorry. sleep in this morning. Got him working on it. We were scribbling some things together. We like the cubbies today. And I know this looks like a pitching matchup that's not very good, right? Zach Davies versus Luis Castillo. But Castillo. But I, I think this. I think if you really break down Zach Davies' numbers over the la- over the entire season, I think the last five games he is. He has pitched much better. He's not walking as many runners. His off-speed pitch is coming, you know, is, 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 is hitting its mark. And I think his location has been much better. Meanwhile, Castillo hasn't been very good. And I think the Cubs offense is hitting, and they're hitting as best they've had all season. And I think they'll, punt, they'll hit him. We'll get Rizzo back today. Hopefully that's a good thing. I like the Cubs today. I like them against Castillo with the Reds. Let's play two. Josh, your thoughts on the Cubs play there from Mr. Baseball?
3: I love it yeah i think the thing here you're really betting against Luis castillo this has been one of the worst pitchers in major league baseball this year one in seven records 7.61 era uh, and you also have a favor with the low total this is something i like in baseball if you have line movement toward a team that's telling you some respected money coming in but also those favorite low totals fewer amount of expected runs scored more likely coming from that favorite uh that better team quote unquote and also michael uh the weather is for our marquee audience here in chicago you always got to check Wrigley Field with the weather. That wind is howling in about 15 miles an hour, dead center coming in. Patrick, um, so this was like six and a half, seven. You know, if you can get a seven right now, it's a little juiced up to the under. But I look toward a low-scoring game. Remember, yesterday it was a one-nothing game. Same wind, uh, same wind blowing in system match uh, for today's game as well.
4: It is 2021. Castillo's on the bump, and the total six and a half. I mean, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, next one yeah. up, Wheeler, Yarbrough at Tampa. You got a number, I got 118-ish on Tampa right now. Where you at, Josh?
3: Yeah, this is my favorite baseball play today. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Remember, they had that huge win streak going, the streak snapped, but I think you're getting a really sharp move on the Rays here. Uh, this is kind of my system dog to favorite line move. You also look at Zach Wheeler, who's a popular pitcher. He's got good numbers. What I like about this one, guys, Big move to the Rays. A lot of these books actually open. Rays as a slight dog around plus 105 at home. They've been steamed all the way up to around minus 115. So big move here toward Tampa Bay. This would be another favorite with a low total. Also, interleague favorite with a line move. This is one of my favorite spots this year, guys. Interleague play, you got to play the style of the ballpark that you're playing the series in. And we've seen line movement in, in interleague play, which would match with the Rays today, 33 and 20 this year, 62%. Also, uh, you look at um, Philly against lefties, 7 and 10, not very good. Tampa Bay against righties 19 and 13. I'm going to lay it and go with that raise sharp money.
5: You know, I think this game is, you know, the Phillies are 10 and 16 on the road this season, and they're, they have a 6.65 on-base percentage, uh, 23rd in all of baseball. And when they don't hit the long ball, I mean, where's their offense? And they haven't been able to do that lately, and I think that that's why I like the Rays here as well.
4: Do we even have to ask, Evaldi's steamy open 137 up to 150, Boston, of course, hosting Miami. That means a play on the Red Sox for Josh Applebaum. Am I right?
3: Oh yeah, Patrick. This is uh, I, my one um, kind of worry here is it's just pouring rain in New England, so I don't know if this game might They're get rained out. They're the not playing this Josh. Yeah. They're not playing <laughs> I don't this think one. So.
7: <laughs>
5: This one looks pretty bad. I mean, bad unless yet. you like, a, unless you want to play in the mud, they ain't playing this one. I mean, they're not. It's not letting up, Patrick. I mean, it's you're seriously considering building an arc. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> Noah's yeah, got we're, two we're ferrets. Gonna,
3: yeah, we're gonna jump in Noah's ark here. But I would say if this game gets played, edge to the Red Sox, they're at home. You saw them win yesterday, five to two, minus one sixty favorite. But big steam on the Sox here. Open around minus one forty, then bet up to around minus one fifty. Another favorite with a low total. Another interleague line move. Again, sixty two percent. Sox kill lefties this year, 11-5 and five against lefties. Also, Sox bats. They're hitting 260, second in Major League Baseball. Miami hitting 231, 21st.
5: I love to watch this. I really love watching Trevor Rodgers pitch, the Marlins young star. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he go faces this Red Sox lineup today. It, it, not that he's going to play today, but, I mean, as he's resting through it, you know, I, I would really like to watch him because he's got a bright, bright future, that kid.
4: Glad you guys mentioned weather, 90 and sunny today.
5: So. I apologize. We are stepping on your toes, but you know you're not as in tune to the weather on the East Coast because you, you know, you're laying yeah. in the, yeah. you're laying in the sun. You know you have those. You know, where they have those like misting things on you when yes, you eat outside course. down yeah. in Vegas? Yeah. Yes, yeah. of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah, I have a little mist. You know, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, very bougie. Uh,
4: yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you know, Michael, if I say Yankees, Tigers, which way is Josh Applebaum going? He's going to bet the Tigers and oh. Turnbull today. Of course
5: he is. It's a Welenda. <laughs> it's a Welenda play. Go against throw the up world. Willenda. God, I love it. Yeah. Go ahead. Josh. So we'll end the play. No,
3: this is great stuff. We'll end the play. And also I'm going to try to make Patrick Meyer happy because if you didn't know, thank Patrick you. is the uh the biggest celebrity to ever come out of the state oh, of Michigan here. You. So uh guys, yesterday, and this is the importance of not laying these huge numbers in baseball. Garrett Cole was at Detroit yesterday. Huge, huge favorite. Detroit actually won three to two plus two fifty dog. Cash bigly if you're on that play for Detroit. But here's the here's the play to me, guys. I like going back to old Detroit today. You look at this spot, public is all over the Yankees saying, hey, Yankees are a great team. Tigers stink. You got to bet the Yankees today because they got to bounce back and win. Well, look at the line movement. Everyone's betting New York, but New York's actually fallen. guys, around minus 150, down to minus 130. Thanks to play a little bit on Spencer Turnbull. Remember, he threw a no-no uh, a couple weeks ago. And, yeah, uh, three that's and an two- aberration. 3.12. Well, Patrick, I don't know if we get a no-hitter today, but I'm, I'm banking on him to pitch a good game and uh line move to Detroit. Let's see if they can make it two in a row.
4: Well, we actually do have a picture of Josh placing the bet. Let's go ahead and throw that up. There he is. Going to bet the mm. Tigers today. And oh, yeah. He's walking the there tightrope.
5: There's Josh. It's a will play. <laughs> that is I mean, my we, favorite we, new edition. We got another one. It's a will play. I yeah. mean, that really takes a lot of guts to play. Like, you can... <laughs> I, I give him all the credit in the world to turn that card in. It's not smart. Don't get me wrong. It's not smart. It was There was no evidence to support it, but it's a will end the play. <laughs>
4: the Heat may be getting bet here. I want to get your plays on these four playoff games. Uh, the Bucs are laying four and a half at Miami. Josh, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah, we'll start with this one, guys. I think if you're going to walk that tightrope with the Miami good Heat, one. you're seeing some good stuff right now, Patrick, because uh, when we talked about an hour ago, this game was at five. Now it's falling to four and a half. You're seeing some money come in on the Heat here late. I think it's a good sign because this is so lopsided here toward the Bucs taking in. Around 80% of bets, if not more. Bucks open five. Some books are four and a half, but really five. Why didn't get up to five and a half? Why didn't get up to six? This is uh, Custer's last stand, as Michael Lombardi likes to say, for the heat. It's fallen now. That's a good sign. This is a reverse line move to the heat. I think you still see a slow buck hanging a five, I'll be, I'll be betting on the heat here, plus five.
5: You know, the only thing I don't like about this, Josh, I think this is the last day. I think if the Heat have anything, it's going to be here. But we said that last game when we said, hey, bet the first quarter because they're going to be really good in the first quarter. They're going to come out hot, and they came out really bad. And they had really nothing. They don't have an answer. I mean, we can't find an answer. And what bothers me about this game more than the Celtics game yesterday, the Celtics game was low ticket count, high money. This game is low ticket count, low money. So, like, if you go in on this one, you are really a will end to play because you really don't have anything you're standing on.
4: Totals dipping, by the way, a little bit, too, down to 221.5. Uh, yeah, I, I,
5: I mean, look, we've been saying this the whole series. It's got go to go. Uh, Miami can't score. Miami can't <laughs> score. They need a low-scoring game. They need it to go under.
4: Michael, I'm going to stick with you here, the Nuggets at the Trailblazers. Uh, I'll give you the Trailblazers
5: Blazers laying four-and-a-half. You know, I, I'm going to take the Trailblazers here only because I don't think Austin Rivers and that entire Denver Nugget team can produce that great shooting that they did the last game from the three-point line. And conversely, I don't think Portland's going to shoot as poorly as they did. And I think the minutes are going to start adding up on McCullough and, and Lillard, but it doesn't seem to affect them in a series. It may the next if they get past this. I think I'll take the Trailblazers. I'll take them at home. I think this is their last stand. You lose two home games and you're in real trouble.
3: I'm with Michael on this one, guys. I think you're what you're seeing here. And again, last time we talked, this was this was four and a half. A lot of these books are going to five now, guys. So that's further movement uh, toward the Blazers here. This would match these systems that I'm looking at done well so far and historically. Home favorite off a loss, 54% ATS last decade. Short favorite five or less, 11 and 5 ATS this playoffs. Um, but the other thing is, you know, we got these bet splits from BetMGM, guys. Michael, this is exactly what we like to see. This low low bet count. Higher money count at Bet MGM. You have about 58% of bets on the Nuggets coming off a win. Got to take the points. But you're looking at the money here on the other side. Uh, This is uh, 56% of money on the Blazers here. So that's low bets, more money. Line move to the Blazers. I love a gross dog, but I like this movement to the Blazers here. I'm going to lay it with Portland.
4: Michael, we said when we sat down that number was going to get to six and a half. The six and a halfs are starting to pop up in Washington with the 76ers laying it. I'll give you six.
5: What do you got? I'll take the Wizards. I think this will be a closer game. The Wizards will give it the best shot. I don't know if Westbrook's going to play or not. You know, I think the way that Bradley Beal played in the last game was sensational. They don't have an answer for Embiid inside. They try to double him, and the 76ers have had a way around that. But I do think it'll be a closer game. I think Philly will win. I think it's just really, to me... I got to see Philly's mental toughness in this game. Can they really handle a desperate team and punch them in the mouth and knock them out? And if they get off to a bad start, are they going to retreat and say, well, just wait till next game, or are they going to come after it? You know, they have to play the front runners in the game and see what they do.
3: I'm unlike on this one, too, guys. This is the similar situation to the Celtics. Everyone betting the 76ers, but this is that down 02 coming home desperation type situation which did catch it didn't cash with the heat the other day but did cash here with the Celtics the other thing guys I'm not betting this game until I know about Russell Westbrook he's questionable with an ankle he's a tough guy you assume he's going to play but it'd be tough to take a six and a half now Westbrook's out this thing goes to like eight you missed that number but if Westbrook's in you can get a six and a half I'm going to take that desperation
5: mode desperation mode with the Wiz I only have time for an answer
4: Michael Jazzer at the Grizz lane five
5: Uh, I'll take I'm going to take the Grizz okay Mike uh, Josh
3: Grizz, and the over guys, all three over refs in this one. Are you betting your Bruins like today? It. Oh, yeah. Big line move. I get to watch with my dad. We used to grow up playing, uh, watching all the games together. I'm back home. This is a big game tonight, guys. The garden is going to be let's, rocking.
5: Let's well, play two, Patrick. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Say hi to Dominic. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Brady Cannon, James is coming up next. Lombardi line tomorrow morning, the pregame show next. You're on Beast and Esports betting network.